Welcome to a special episode of Mentors on the Mic podcast, your guide to pursuing a career in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Michelle Spone Miller, a native New York City actress with credits in TV, film, commercials, off-Broadway, all of it. And I bring you the most amazing people to ask them questions that I'd want to know about pursuing a career in this industry. So let's get down to our guest today. Our episode is with Diane Foy. Her career as an arts and entertainment publicist has spanned 16 years, representing talents that include Big Sugar, the Parlotones, Mackenzie Phillips, Alana Masterson, and Tyler Blackburn. She also hosts the Superfan Attraction Podcast, personal branding for multi-passionate artists. In this episode, we talk about how a lot of times her clients would come to her when they booked a big project or they wanted to promote something new. And by then, she just felt like it was a really tall ask for a PR expert to just start promoting once there was something. And and she said artists often forget that they can build their social media presence now that they probably should in anticipation of that role or that big project or that tour they're going to be booked on. And she had all this advice to give to creatives about how they can start their PR journey now before hiring a PR expert. And that's why she started building her business, her podcast, all about giving tips to artists that they can do now to create their brand. And so today we discussed the first three tips from her super fan attraction method, which is all about getting your super fans, attracting your super fans, including personal branding and turning dreams into action plans, creating purpose-driven content, and how to research media outlets and perfecting your pitch. And in the show notes, I've included links to her work in her podcast for more information and tips. But for now, let's get to it. Here's Diane Foy. Hi, Diane. Welcome to Mentors on the Mic. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, thank you so much. Excellent. So I'm excited because we're going into something that I feel like a lot of people listening would want to know about. So you have coined something called the Super Fan Attraction Playbook, which is a personal branding for artists, for actors, a lot of which listen to the podcast. Can you give us an idea of why you created this and then what exactly is it? So my background is I was a publicist for 16 plus years, um, working mostly with musicians and actors and films and things like that. And uh, I loved it, got to work with amazing artists. And um, but the industry changed a lot. The The media industry changed a lot. And it was harder and harder to get press, especially for the up and comers that I loved working with and people would contact me and they, they just don't know what else to do. They're like, um, I have an upcoming project. My agent said, get a publicist. So here I am, but they wouldn't have what they need in order to be successful with publicity, which is these days you need a personal brand. You need to have, um, a consistent image across all platforms. You need um, social media audience, activity, engaged audience. And they didn't have that. So I was turning so many away of like, go figure that out, then come back. <laughs> and it's like, they don't know how to do that. So that's kind of how I came to coaching is I'm like, okay, I can help you. 
I'll help you. I will. Let's start at the beginning. And my, my method probably hasn't changed that much since I started a few years ago is, um, I don't remember when I started, <laughs> maybe 2018, 19 coaching. And because I just knew what artists and creatives needed to do to be successful in publicity, but also just in their career to attract the opportunities to attract the industry and fans and the media as well. And so it's super fan attraction method. And it's three stages that I strongly believe that artists need to go through or we all we all need to go through is and it all starts with personal branding. Because you don't know what you're promoting yet. Artists are eager to skip steps too. They want the quick fix. They want to go straight to teach me publicities, teach me um, social media, but you don't know what you're promoting yet. So I encourage artists and creatives to take a step back and we really start with, okay, what is it that you really want and why do you want it? Because without those pieces, you can go through all the steps and when the obstacles come up, because you know they always do, it's going to be so much easier to quit. And I want strongly that you don't quit. So it's like I encourage artists just take a step and take the time to really go through and, and start at that personal branding phase. And then once you have the personal brand, then you can start creating content for social media and kind of putting yourself out there. And all of that will attract the industry and opportunities. And then you could do media. Then you'll actually have, you know, success at getting media. Then you'll actually have success at getting the casting director's attention and getting those so, jobs. So in that first step, you kind of already alluded to, but what are some more of the questions that we should ask ourselves in building that personal brand under the first step? It's really a deep dive into you. Like I'm all about authentic personal branding. So it's taking the time to explore your story, your story timeline, um, your core values, addressing the limiting beliefs that we all have that hold us back from really putting ourselves out there. It's really embracing your skills, evaluating your skills, strengths, weaknesses, your personality. I love personality tests like Myers-Briggs and Big Five and Enneagram. I love that because it's always so exactly correct. Um, but you know, get to know your personality type, get to know what areas or situations that you shine in and which ones maybe are more of a struggle for you. And that way you can, you know, make decisions based on that. Um, it's evaluating your image. You know, before I was a publicist, I was actually a makeup artist and a photographer. And so I was in more of the fashion industry, but I would always be like, I want to go play with my artists. <laughs> so I'd always be doing photo shoots and, and films and videos on the side. Um, it's, yeah, evaluating your image, evaluating, again, psychology, color psychology. What colors work best on you? And that way, no matter where anyone sees you, whether it's the first impression is a photograph or a video or 
uh, in person or on your website. There's a consistency of who you are. And that's all personal branding is. It's figuring out who you are, what makes you unique, and what parts of your story could you tell that will really connect with other people, that will draw them in. Because that's what makes a super fan, is sharing that. And that way you draw those super fans, you draw the industry to you. And it's all about attraction so that, you know, it's not as scary when you do have to pitch someone or reach out to someone. Yeah. And you have a better idea of what you're pitching anyway. Yeah. So, so that's great. So let's say someone takes all your advice and goes, okay, I have a very strong idea of who I am, my strengths and weaknesses, my Enneagram, my personality quiz and stuff. Um, I'm an ENFJ. And um, so they do all that. They have their colors that work really, really well for them. Um, this is also really great for branding for headshots, specifically figuring out which roles you could go in for, what colors you should wear for your headshot session. So let's say you have a very strong idea. You've done the work. You've put all that together. What's the next step? So next would be figuring out who's most likely to appreciate that because <laughs> to be you figured out everything about you and now you want to scream it from the rooftop, but figuring out who's most likely to appreciate your uniqueness and what you have to offer. And that might be fans or it might be like actors you're trying to get on the radar of producers and casting directors and industry. Okay, well, what are those roles that you want to play and why? And can you tell a story about that? And you want to make it and, – and then there's research to do to find those people. Where are they online? Do they hang out on Instagram or are they more Facebook or are they TikTok? Where are they? And that way you can kind of choose your priority platform and create content so that you share that consistent image. Share your behind-the-scenes story and – it's like documenting your life and putting it out there. And once you're kind of, I think, consistent with that, then I think it's time to find those people and start, if you're wanting to get on someone's radar, you know, approach them, get to, get them to know who you are before you pitch them anything. Like, just be their regular on their social media. If, you know, you're the one always posting on their social media posts. You're always, you know... DMing them from their stories. Because if you, if you reply to someone's story, it goes right to their DM. And those little things, it shall, shows the algorithm that even if that person never answers you, it shows the algorithm that you know each other and they're more likely to show your stuff to that person more. And you just want it so that you make a connection with them. Try to ask questions. Try to, you know, when you are commenting or in their DMs, like try to ask questions and or get to know them if they're posting about their dog. That's the most famous, fabulous dog ever. <laughs> Connect with them on something else, something else that they're interested in that you can connect with. And then they'll probably just check out your stuff on their own without you even pitching because you've made that connection. Or if they don't, if you are, do you have to make that reach out? They at least maybe recognize your name. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Just something as simple as that. I think these are fantastic tips. These are tips that I think of a lot, especially in podcasting, right? We're constantly thinking, okay, who would be good for this, for this podcast? And I I think to myself, well, who would I want to reach out to? Who are my target people? And a lot of times, you know, I think people will reach out to to those. And and even if I get, actually, if I get a no, I'll, I'll stop. But if I get a maybe or a not now or like, there's not, you know, uh, they're too busy right now. They can't be on for whatever reason. I'll keep, res- I'll keep, you know, reaching out to them in the next few months. But I don't, I do more than that sometimes. And I think that this is important for me to even think about just in terms of my acting as well, that there's this element of like, well, it's a long game, right? We can't think of everything as, oh, they said no, or they're not interested now, or they're ignoring my message now. It's fine. It's a long game. And so if in three months, they post an article on LinkedIn saying, hey, I just wrote this thing for fun, comment, engage, share, show your appreciation, ask a question, be involved. Sometimes I'll hear about my mentors from my podcast you know, I'll hear about something in the trades. I'll be like, oh, there's a deadline article announcing their film that they're in. And I immediately write to them, oh, congrats on this new film. Well, you know, who's doing this? Oh, what's that about? And there's this element of like, keep in touch with these people, whether it's a personal or professional route, because they appreciate it. And then they, they keep you in their network, whether it's the algorithm or whether it's just life going, oh, well, I appreciate Michelle. She was there for me even when she didn't need to ask for anything. Or yeah. I think that that's incredible important. Yeah. And like, maybe the first time you reached out, they're busy, you know, and especially like, as a publicist, you, you send a lot of emails, and they all go unanswered. And <laughs> it's a, it's an unspoken thing between publicists and journalists is, is that they're getting your email. If they're interested, they'll reply. And no reply is the reply. But you don't just walk away after the first one gets ignored because they probably just missed it. So that's why it's the follow-up. It's like you do the first pitch, wait a week or two, do a follow-up and try to have some new information or something new to say. So your your follow-up is not just, just checking to see if you got it, my first message. You know, have something new to share. Um, and then, yeah, after about the third time, if there's just no answer. It's a no for now. You know, maybe in no six months now. you try again. And sometimes the answer is not right now. Maybe that's the answer yeah. they reply back. It's not right now. Well, yeah. great. I made a little note to re- to write back in a little bit. And yeah. I think that's okay, too. That's more than okay. I think that they're seeing... I mean, some of the guests I've gotten on this podcast, I remember... I made a joke with one of my guests who's um, the executive producer of Handmaid's Tale. And he made a joke like he was like, I never do these things, Michelle. And I was like, I know. I think it took me a while to get you. He goes, one of the reasons why I said yes was because you wore me down. He was like, in a nice <laughs> way. He was just like, you kept writing to me. And I kept being like, oh, you know, I'm filming now. I can't do it now. And then he wrote me again like three or four months later. And he's like, eventually I felt like, oh, well, I probably should do this. And I was like, yeah, no shame in that. I have no thank you. I appreciate I was grateful for him. But I was also like, yeah, I'm persistent. I think you kind of have to be. But maybe it's important for if anyone listening to to hopefully feel inspired to have that. But also, you know, even for me, I probably need to figure out how to translate that to other 
areas of my life. Like I think sometimes we only keep it in sort of one category, but I think that persistence and that long game is important for, for a lot of different categories in our business. Yeah. And I think it's maybe a little harder, like maybe for you, for the podcast, it's like you're offering them an opportunity to right. to get in front of your audience. And so you could, you yeah. could be a little bit more pushy with it, but I'm sure right. you have more hesitation when it's you as, as the actor. A hundred percent. I agree with that. But I also I'm think the same. The I have to take my own advice. <laughs> right. We always do. And I think it's good to remind ourselves, but I think what you're saying is true, but I, I do feel like the confidence that I'm, I've been building in, in pitching people to do, to come on my podcast has, has also been sort of infiltrating the confidence that I sometimes need as an actor, because you're yeah. right. There is this element of like, well, I can't just go to producers and directors and ask them to be on a film that they're doing. It doesn't work that way, yeah. but it is a matter of, I think, staying in people's radars. And I think that is important. I think there are people I've had on this podcast who said, stay in touch with me, Michelle. And I have, and you know, who knows? I mean, I've had, and sometimes it's a matter of just hearing that person's name again, you know, after a while. Yeah. And when the opportunity does come, just being on their radar. Yeah. And like, I'm sure we, we all get a million emails too. And like, I just, got one today of there's a lot of companies like podcasting companies that there's a lot of those sign up your podcast blah 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 and guests and all that and i it's, at this point it's just too many i ignore them but the the ceo i guess uh followed up with me saying i noticed you didn't claim your thing and then it just even that little act and it offered to like connect with me and whatever i'm like okay i'm gonna go check it out I go check right. it out. I'm like, Even if it's, okay, yeah. it actually exactly is kind of cool. Okay, I'll give it to you. Yeah. I'll sign up. You yeah. know, <laughs> you know, I agree. It's just I that understand extra. that. But like the first few emails, I ignored. I want to tell you guys all about Cave Day, which I've been absolutely loving the last few months. I joined Cave Day after reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. You might have even heard me mention Cave Day during the Atomic Habits five-part miniseries. Cave Day are group-focused sessions led on Zoom that focus on monotasks. So have you ever had a task where you constantly feel just distracted by Instagram, your phone, text messages, TikTok? It takes you forever to do something super simple. Cave Day asks you to put your phone somewhere where we can't see it and focus on the one task ahead of you for the period of time you're in the cave. I take it one step further and use one of their weekly planning workshops to decide on my goals for the week breaking them down into monotasks, and planning out my week of caves so I can get it all done. I've never been so productive. You can do one, you can sign up for one, two, or three hour long sprints, depending on the task in front of you. And it doesn't even have to be work. Let it be that yoga session you keep pushing off, or meditating, or making a fun lunch, but have other people there to be accountable. I work from home and sometimes, especially with this podcast, it often feels like I'm doing everything on my own. So logging into these focus sessions, seeing other people work, using cave day strategies and techniques and routines that help me stay on top of it. I feel like it's just a no brainer. Join me today. Try the first month for only a dollar or your first three months for only $40. I get so much work done in the cave without feeling burned out. The link is in my show notes for the discount.
what's the third step? So we have personal branding. We have an element of persistence of long game of networking tips. What's the final step? Yeah. So it's content creation. And once you kind of are consistent, and I know it's really hard. I've struggled with it too. I'm finally onto something. I'm, I'm being consistent now doing video because I was hesitant to, you know, be, put myself out there often enough. And that whole content creation, somehow it's, it was hard for me to figure it out. Like figure out how to come up with all this content in a way that makes sense, that you're not just throwing stuff up there. And somehow it was easier for me to figure out other people's <laughs> than my own. Um, so I'm like, I finally figured out my own. <laughs> but I, I understand that it takes some time, but you just have to be consistent with it. And then once that's going, then you can start reaching out to publicity and media and when artists come to me for, you know, wanting to be in the media, again, I want to say, slow down. You're not going to go straight to the cover of Entertainment Weekly, whatever, you know, and you not don't yet. want to anyways, because right. you have to create, you have to build the confidence and you have to become a good interviewer or interviewee. And so that takes practice. So start with the lesser known outlets. Start with the lesser known podcasts, blogs, try to get little features. Any little thing helps. And you start getting to used to it. And the follow-up thing is the same thing when you're pitching media. But yeah, it's just start with those, you know, smaller outlets. And the more you get interviewed, the more you'll start to shape your stories, which that's another thing that I help my clients through is what are your signature stories? Because yeah, I'll, I'll help you write a bio, but then all that social media content, what are you going to say? And it's, it's exploring your story, your highlights, lowlights, and shaping those stories to what your signature stories are. You'll tell more, but like, if you're a fan of any artist out there that gets interviewed in the media a lot, and if you listen to a lot of their interviews, you end up hearing the same story over and over again, because that's their signature story, or it's, that's their signature stories for this project. Yeah, for this season of, of promotion. Yeah, so it's just creating your own. What are your signature stories that you're going to tell? And how it connects to the audience, especially if you're pitching media, you have right. to figure out what's in it for them. Right. You know, um, absolutely. Yeah. And really doing your research to know who their audience is, who the right person to pitch is and putting it into an offer in the sense of, I think your audience would be really interested in this because, and so it's the benefits them. That's and a audience. better pitch than here's all my stuff. <laughs> yeah, here's me. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's brilliant. It's really good. It's really strong. And you actually have like a whole playbook that you offer. Um, can you give us a little an idea of like how people can find you, how people can find this playbook that they can get all the details because there's so much more than even what we just covered today? Yeah, I've had this playbook for a few years now and I've, I just keep evolving it and editing it. And this year, 
I've decided to turn it into a mini course. So if you sign up, yes, you'll get the playbook. And the playbook goes through the three phases. It's, you know, the stages. It goes through, you know, the different things that are involved in personal branding, the different things about content creation, the different things about media. Then the mini course, the training, also free if you sign up. And I go in a little more detail on the personal branding part. And I also give you a few exercises so that you can start taking action. It gets you started on your story timeline. It gets you started figuring out your future vision, core values. It's just like a little, it's a taster getting you started taking action on this. And if after all that, you want to learn more with me, then connect with me and we'll uh, maybe work together. But dianefoy.com slash freebie is where you can sign up. And yeah, and your podcast and the podcast. Let's, let's plug that too because it's such a great resource. It has incredible people that are on it. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about my that? podcast has evolved as well, and it's kind of like 2023. I'm like really stepping into my own and stopping hiding behind who I help and blah blah, blah and all these different. When you're multi passionate, you can go in so many different directions. And sometimes your message is muddy because you don't, you're not very clear. And so I'm really leaning into my knowledge and personal branding and that. So I've even evolved the podcast to Super Fan Attraction. I've changed the name Super Fan Attraction, personal branding for artists and creatives. And I'm forcing myself to do solo shows, actually teaching you stuff and it's all very new. I've done, you know, two episodes like that. And I still have a few. Uh, I have it all planned for the next month. And then I'm going to start asking, you know, uh, guests on so that they can start filling in the gaps. I mean, I don't know everything. And, you know, and there's things, you know, you're going to come on as well. And we'll chat about all that you know. And it's just good to have that connection of, okay, if there's another area of building your creative business or your career, well, then I'll have those people on as guests to share that wisdom. And it'll be a new resource for them as well. Because I'm sure you have many coaches. I have many coaches. Not everyone, not just one coach can can solve all your problems. <laughs> Absolutely. Many coaches, many mentors. There's a reason for that. And I feel like, yeah, I'll put all of these, um, the website and in, in, in the show notes of this episode, as well as the link to the freebie. And so if anyone, you know, didn't get all of that, just feel free to go into the show notes to, to get directed. But, um, but yeah, it's a great resource. I'm so excited. I'm so excited you're doing solo episodes now too, because I, I, it took me a while to get into that too. I only did that in my last season and I'm doing it again this season, but I think it's a really great way of being able to share what you do know. I think what I'm trying to get over the hump and it's the same thing and I'm working on it is putting myself on camera for videos, talking about what it is that I've talked about in the podcast. For some reason, that feels different. It's much easier for me to grab a video from one of the interviews and like play it on social media than it is for me to tell someone about it, which is silly because that's actually one of my strengths. So... I'm getting over that hump a little bit and it's getting easier the more I do it, but yeah. it is a hump for, well, I think, a lot of too. people. Well, that's the thing too. My podcast is now a video podcast. 
That's huge. So very different. Yeah. Instead of the sporadic solo episode and sporadic me doing a video, I'm like, you know what? And this is what I tell artists. It's like consistency. Just and those things that hold us back, get over it. If this is what you really love, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be on video. I don't want to do all this content creation. But if that's what I do to get where I want to go, which is help more artists, step up, you know? Um, so I'm doing it myself and, and following my own advice, following the super fan attraction method for myself and doing video. Yeah, it's, that's huge. I mean, I talked about it actually in a recent interview that I did for a content creator. So it came up, but um, I read the book Atomic Habits recently, and I did a little mini series on that. And there was one story that stuck out to me and it really felt sort of, you know, um, relevant to what we're talking about. There was a photography class and the teacher separated the class into two groups. And so the first group, he said, this is the quantity group. Essentially, if there's a 100 photos, I don't care how great they are, you'll get an A. If there's 90 photos at the end of the semester, you'll get a B. If there's 80 photos and so on. And then the other group, the other half of the class, we were responsible for the quality group. They were going, okay, well, their, their only assignment was to create one perfect photo. If they create one perfect photo, they get an A. If it's a somewhat perfect photo, a B, and then a C and so forth. And actually, the people who were in the quantity group did far better, had far better photos at the end of the semester because all they were focusing on was the amount that they created. They just were consistent. They just were like, I have to keep putting stuff out there. And they learned from their mistakes. They created better and better video, videos and photos. Uh, but it's relevant to what we're talking about with videos. But by the end, they actually were producing great things because they were producing a lot of them without worrying about how great each one was, as opposed to the ones who were just worried about that one photo didn't do as well. They created very mediocre photos in comparison. So I, I'm now thinking about that and creating anything, especially video, because at the end of the day, you have to learn from what you're doing. And in order to do that, you have to post uh, many videos of yourself talking. And figure out the tech and, and yes. learn. Um, and learn yeah. your process. Trying to figure out how to be everything perfect is what holds you back. And yeah, you have to get to a point where I'm just putting this video out, <laughs> and if you don't like it, I'll have a new one tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, I'll figure out the editing and, and how to make oh, it snappy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jayden. This is so helpful for me and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening. Um, and I'm excited to listen to your podcast and listen to those solo episodes. Yay. Thank you. Yay. This is fun. No problem. Thank you so much for listening to Mentors on the Mic. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend in entertainment you know would love it. Let me know what you've learned or what stayed with you on our Instagram at Mentors on the Mic. I love reading your messages. Uh, you can also find me at, at Michelle Simone Miller on Instagram. On both accounts, I'll be sharing even more information about our mentors. Talk to someone about what you learned today who would really appreciate it and send them the episode. Also, if you love the show, please go ahead and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It really makes a huge difference in growing this. It makes it easier for people to find our podcast, and I love reading your reviews. So thank you so much, and I'll see you next week.